are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. What's going on, everybody? My name is James Bodden, and you are now tuned into episode 11 of the Lunch Break Podcast. And I am so excited about my guest today, guys. His name is Robert C. Viesis. He works on the sales team at Spiro. Robert has experience in sales across many different cultures. He was born in Venezuela. And so he brings that experience to what he's doing now in his current sales role. Robert, super excited to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, James, my pleasure. Yeah, great intro. Thank you so much. And to be, to be honest, James, uh, it's an honor to be speaking with you today because I, I was also looking at your LinkedIn as you did to, uh, like before our, our interview here, and I saw that you were the top SDR last year, right? So, uh, so that's a goal we all strive for. So I just wanted to, you know, expand my network and, and connect with the people that will, you know, will have a good positive impact on my career and see if I can bring some value as well. So happy to be on the podcast and let's, let's, let's make it happen. Yeah. And, and that's really what, what the Lunch Break Podcast is all about. Real sales pros like yourself sharing their stories. So let's get right into it. Robert, talk to us about how you got started in sales. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, so I think it all goes back to where I, when I was in college. Uh, I initially was a double major in accounting and finance. And, you know, I liked it a lot, but then I saw that I'm more of a person that is driven by you know the eat what you kill mentality not really having someone have you know tell me what to do in terms of data entry or excel sheets and stuff like that so yeah basically everyone in my family is in sales my dad is in sales my mom is in sales my older brother is in sales and i was like you know what i'm gonna give it a shot and i was lucky enough back in college my sophomore year um my my university started a sales program a sales major so I dove right into it. I switched majors halfway through my career. I took a chance, right? And haven't looked back since. I, so I graduated as a sales major uh, with a minor in finance. And, you know, as you said, I've had different sort of uh, experience in different industries within the sales uh, role, obviously. You know, my, my, my first sales job was at a private jet charter company. So you can only imagine uh, little Rob right there, just a college kid. Yeah. Making phone calls to CFOs, CEOs, you know, C-level people, absolute sharks, you wow. know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Full calling them and, and, and seeing if I can bring some value to them as far as uh, jet, um, jet package is concerned. And, and <laughs> yeah, travel. buy a jet. <laughs> yeah, buy a jet, buy, buy space in a jet, whatever. So, you know, I was thrown into the wolves just like that, you know? And as you can see from my bio, you know, I'm a go-getter. I'm someone that can take risks. Uh, right there, spot on without hesitating. So from, from there, you know, I, I learned what it takes to kind of have that go-getter mentality. Mm-hmm. And then I switched to um, commercial real estate after that to get more of an outside sales experience. So I was dealing with a longer sales cycle. I was dealing more with a relationship kind of sales uh, process rather than cold call and spot on closing, closing the first call kind of thing. Yeah. And then my third sales job was in the telecommunications industry. So that was a combination of outside sales, inside sales. And I've gathered all that knowledge. And essentially, um, I think the topic that we're going to focus on today was time management. And I saw that time management is certainly key 
to staying on top of your game and being accountable. So um, right now I joined Spiro, which, you know, it's essentially a CRM company. And I had, you know, my fair share of love, hate relationship with CRM <laughs> with my three sales jobs. And, you know, I'm very happy to be here in the podcast and talk more about time management. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what an interesting story. So you're the first person, Robert, that I've ever met in my entire life that m was able to major in sales. Oh, really? <laughs> completely, completely true. Um, it's just not something that's been around. And I think that it is so awesome that you were able to do that because had that not been there, you, you knew that your family was in sales. You knew it was kind of in your DNA. You wanted to take that chance and, and what a great thing that they offered that. But right. if they hadn't, you would have been forced to kind of make a much larger decision about the path of your life. And so what a great milestone. I, I'm thinking in my own mind, like, what a, what a great milestone of, of the sales profession that somebody like you had the opportunity to do that. And then the thing that I love the most is that your first sales job was right into the mix, cold calling C-level, you know, executives, high powered sharks, as you put it. I love that. And, and, and what better way to get introduced to sales? You can say what you want about those experiences that you have as a salesperson that maybe you didn't get enough training or you were kind of thrown on the phones without really knowing what you were doing there are plenty of things that I can say that are negative about that. But the truth of the matter is every great salesperson I know has had a gig like that along their way where it was very much, I got to figure this out on my own. I got to do this. I got to trial by fire. And, and it sounds like you had that experience. And then the next step you took, which I think speaks to kind of your self-awareness of becoming a well-rounded salesperson, you, you moved into the real estate side of things. And I love how you emphasize that it was more relationship based on that side. So you got to see the cold call boiler room type environment. And then you got an opportunity to see the value of building relationships as a salesperson. Right. So really quickly, do you think, so that change that you made from, cold calling, hitting the phones, and then, you know, with the real estate being more of a relationship, that, that was a conscious decision that you made. But what, what were you thinking? Were you thinking like, I need, I need exposure to that side of what being a salesperson is like? Spot on, spot on. So I think that um, in sales, especially, what's, what's beautiful about it is that you never stop learning. You might have a great month, you might have a great quarter, but as soon as next month or next quarter hits, you're back at zero right? And you need to keep adapting and keep learning. So I knew once I found success in that boiler, boiler room style um, sales approach, right? With it, with, which was my first sales experience, I yeah. said, okay, you know what? I'm good at this, but what's the next step? What is the next sort of approach that I can learn, right? To become a well-rounded sales professional. Because again, that was my major and I knew that there's more to just cold calls, right? Mm. So, so I switched to commercial real estate, uh, being self-aware that that was sort of the next step. Right. 
Yeah. And, and, and to go back to the, uh, to the sales uh, major that you mentioned, uh, yeah, that is something that is certainly new nowadays. And I'm not going to lie to you. Like I got a lot of um, criticism from even my family. My family is in sales, but they said, hey, like, why should I pay for it? I mean, I'm sales major. Sales is That's not something you learn, right? Sales is not something you learn. Sales is something wow. that you're just born with, mm. right? And I had to sell my parents on the idea of me switching majors and on the idea of them supporting me, right? Yeah, and yeah. It was not easy, but the, the way I phrased it was, you know what? Sales is both an art and a science, mm. right? You can really study it. You can really become the best version of yourself by studying, you know, people that have done it in the past and also what works and what doesn't work, and then put your own touch, your own spice into it. And that's what I got out of the major. You know, we, we, we studied different sales uh, methodologies. Uh, we read so many sales books. We, we have a partnership with HubSpot, for example, and, and Salesforce as well. So we came out of college, Salesforce certified and HubSpot certified. So things like that. And I think that's sort of the next generation of sales. People coming right out of college knowing that they want to be a BDR and SDR and not seeing the BDR or SDR role as some sort of fallback that, you know, there's no other options. I'm just going to be a BDR. must be easy. No, it's not. It's a science. It's, it's something you study and something you keep learning and getting better. But again, self-awareness is what's going to take you to the next level and what's going to differentiate you from the rest that are just doing it just because it's a job. No, it's not a job. It's something that, I mean, you're bringing value to, to someone. Like when you're cold calling someone, you better believe that what you're selling is valuable to them, right? Because it portrays in your tone of voice, it portrays, like I can go on and on about why I majored in sales and I'm so happy I did it. You know, I'm getting goosebumps over here, Robert, because the, so a few things you said, so, you know, you had that self-awareness to move into a relationship-based sales role because you knew that sales was more than that. Correct. Because you had that education, I think what happens a lot of times, for me, for example, I worked in retail sales for three years before I even realized that really put some thought towards I could be a salesperson on the B2B side of things, or I wouldn't have to necessarily work in a retail environment to be a salesperson. I mean, that hadn't crossed my mind and yeah. it's, and, and that's crazy to me now. And it sounds nuts. And I probably, well, and the other part of it was during that time, I wasn't necessarily considering myself a sales professional. It was just a job. And right. you had that time and that education. And, and so let's only hope that, that that spreads and continues to happen. And the one thing that I do want to touch on is how interesting it is that your parents, your parents react. <laughs> yeah. Because for me, the first thing I think of, if, if, if my son came home and told me he wanted to major in sales, my first reaction would be happy. But then I might think the same thing, actually, which is which is kind of funny. So, but it obviously, just the fact of coming out and knowing how to operate a CRM, being certified in HubSpot and Salesforce, I mean, those are valuable things. And, and, and so your success thus far is a testament to you making that decision and you, you know, following your heart and what you knew was was the right choice for you. So now you... Uh, have, have, have made it to a point where you're doing the inside and the outside sales role in, in the telecom space. 
And you mentioned time management and, and that's what I want to talk about today because as a salesperson, you hear all the time, salespeople spend X amount of time doing non-sales related activities and it's always some ridiculous percentage like 70, 80, 90% of their time is doing things other than actually selling. So how have you viewed time management in the past where maybe it wasn't the best view of it and, and, and what drove you to that realization? Because I think for me, it was a very much experience-based revelation of things falling through the cracks and follow-ups not getting done and then kind of having to have a reality check and tell myself, look, I've got to get better at this and figure out a way to do it. And to be honest with you, Robert, I still haven't figured it all out. So I'd love to hear your thoughts about time management, how you came to realize that it was an important thing to focus on and what that's done for you since. Right. Yeah. So um, I'm going to start by saying that we all want success. That was, that's what we're in sales because we're competitive. We want to be the best and we want to make the most amount of money. Right. Yep. But you always got to work it backwards. So what's your goal and what sort of activity you need to accomplish on a day-to-day -day basis to get to, to, you know, 10 X your quota, right? Because the mentality is that your quota is not your goal, but rather your floor. Right. Exactly. So what do I need to do to, to at least double my, my quota, right? And once you have that, that sort of activity flow and that number, you need to be accountable to that. You need to take your job seriously and you need to say, okay, you know what? I believe in myself. What do I need to do now? So you need to break down your day on, so I do it on half hour time blocks. Um, and the way, so the reason why I do that is because, you know, in an hour, you can only stay focused for so long. Yeah. Right. But if you break it out by half hours, I, I know that I only need to put all my focus and all my attention into that half hour. And then I can walk around, take a, co a cup of coffee or water or whatever. Yeah. And then go to my next activity. Right. So that's the first thing. Second thing is I realized that the tools or the, yeah, the tools and the, and my own environment, my own work environment was going to be either detrimental or helpful to my, to achieving my goals. And what I mean by that is, you know, the way my cell stack was either helping me or not helping me out. So mm. I can go on and on about how much time I used to waste on, you know, not focusing on the right prospect in terms of researching for 15 minutes just for a cold call. Yeah. Why? Because, oh my God, this guy's a CFO. I don't know what to say, blah, blah, no. You know, and what is that saying? Uh, paralysis by analysis. By analysis, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That, it's, that, it's, that, a, yeah. it's a rampant disease in the sales Right, community. right. So that's what I suffered from at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My private jet company. And then once I took it to the outside world, to outside sales, my, ro my, my roadblock was my CRM. You know, I would walk out of a meeting with a prospect and I would have a great conversation, but then I would have to log all my notes into the CRM. And I would be so excited sometimes that I would just forget to send myself a reminder to follow up. Yeah. And I, and you know, things actually slipped through the cracks, as you said. And then with my telecom job, which was a combination of outside sales and inside sales, I became more self-aware about how I can actually utilize the tools to actually help me out 
And that's sort of how I came to the realization that AI, right, the buzzword of the century, right, artificial intelligence, <laughs> yeah. will actually end up helping out salespeople, okay, not replacing salespeople. So yeah. that's how I found Spiro. That's sort of how I dove right into this startup uh, called Spiro that they basically have developed a self-writing CRM. And I know it sounds too crazy to be true but you know the first time i started using it as a, as a free trial i was like blown away really so so honestly i i think the future belongs to those that can be self-aware enough to say okay let me take a step back and, and see if the tools that i'm using are actually helping me or taking time away from me right and it's funny that that, that you mentioned those crazy statistics because i read an article last week uh, on forbes about the fact that salespeople spend 60% of their day on non-revenue generating activities. Yep. That includes CRM data entry. That includes just talking with coworkers. That includes doing research, right? And having analysis by paralysis, right? So, you know, it's, it's something that it's not going to work out in the long term because there's people like you and I, right? That are always looking for the next, thing that will take us to the next level yeah yeah well and i think you have mentioned a few key things first it starts with your own plan of scheduling your day mm -hmm. at the at the baseline and that 30 minute block where instead of going hour blocking i've, I've i tried to do this once i tried to block hours at a time and what happens is you take that whole hour, something runs over five minutes. If you're not leaving yourself a little bit of breathing room, then I stopped paying attention to my calendar altogether because right. it meant nothing. And that, that 30 minute time block is such a great tip if you are struggling with time management. Because if you can sit down, like you said, for 30 minutes and you can do a lot of work if you're really sitting and focused and, and dialed in for 30 minutes at a time. And then for me, because I do the same thing, Robert, uh, for me, it's a little treat at the end of the 30 minutes. Cool. I get to go get my Gatorade across the hall or <laughs> I get to go get a breath of fresh air. And so you're kind of always putting that carrot in front of you to help motivate you to do that thing that you need to do. So the first part is really taking responsibility for your time, taking control of your time and creating a schedule that makes sense and has room to breathe. Exactly. exactly. So you're not blocking, you know, hours at a time. You're not, because as a salesperson, things pop up. Your yeah. boss comes over and you have a conversation for 15 minutes or you get a response to an email and you don't know how to answer it and you need to go make a couple of calls to figure out how to answer it. You have to leave room for that. But for things like prospecting, those sales activities, they have to be on your calendar every day. They have That's to be awesome. on your calendar. They have to be a commitment. And once you've designed a system that works for you, it becomes a catalyst for your time being managed better. But the other part outside of the self-awareness, the taking responsibility and setting your own schedule, it's the, you know, the using of the technology that we have now 
at our right. fingertips. I, one of my biggest realizations was a couple of months ago. I, it was early in the morning on a weekend and uh, I put on Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, that classic sales movie, always be closing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the entire movie is about them getting leads and not getting the right leads and not having the good ones and old leads. That was literally the entire plot revolved around their lack of access to those leads. Exactly. That is literally not a plot that could happen today. There is a million tools where you could find leads. There are a million tools. And, and so your point about the technology, it's like we, we live in a world now where we need to think of these things as accelerants to our processes. Mm -hmm complementary tools and solutions to help us do our job better. And so your point about the CRM, it, it, th those are three letters that <laughs> most salespeople <laughs> are pretty scared of. Yeah. There's either a lack of commitment to sticking with it, a lack of defined process by leadership. So things are just crazy. And so I think it's so interesting that you now work for Spiro and they've got this, this artifact, uh, AI driven self-writing CRM. So talk to us about, you know, what you're doing at Spiro and, and how you guys are helping customers and then how somebody can get in touch with you if they want to learn more. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so before I say that I, I want to add something to what you said as well. Yeah. That failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Mm. Right. That's kind of my, my mantra. That's how I live my life. That if I'm not prepared to the, the what ifs, right. The, those, I don't know where 15 minute time wasters, right. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be successful. Right. So I'm always need to be, I always need to be prepared, right. For whatever it can happen. Right. I plan for the worst. Um, and then also I wanted to add that, yeah, nowadays lead generation is not a problem, but rather having a laser focus mentality on what actually will bring the company that you work for the most value and the customer that you're working with the most value, right? It's a two-way street. So, so that's why tools like, you know, CRM or, you know, uh, data intelligence tools can help you really target your, your time in specific things that will bring most value to both sides, right? So that being said, I think CRM is a huge value add for the sales professional, but unfortunately it has been poorly utilized yeah. up until recently, right? Yeah. Now that we have more sort of automation tools that can help with CRM, right? Because think about it, it 30, 40 years ago, people had Rolodex. Yeah. Right? People, had, people used to just store those bulky business cards in a stack yeah. And just memorize and blah, blah. And it's just awful. Now, the CRM is essentially a digitalized Rolodex, right? Exactly. But if, if you manage it poorly, then you're going to have poor results, right? So that's why CRM needs to be utilized in a better way. And just to give you some more background about Spiro. So Spiro, so the founders were actually Salesforce implementation consultants for about 20 years, right? And as you know, Salesforce invented the cloud and, and, and they are sort of the, the first and, um, players in the CRM game, right? 
Yeah, which is highly saturated. Stuff. Yeah, it's highly it's highly saturated. And yep. uh, you know, Salesforce is great. They throw great events, but you know, um, people have a love hate relationship with CRM. And what is CRM? CRM is Salesforce. Let's be honest. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, sure. that's CRM. That's their 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 ticker symbol on the stock exchange. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so the reality of the matter is that why should salespeople hate CRM? Well, it's not adding value to their days, taking away their, their day, right? So they wanted to create something that would make salespeople's lives easier by automating all the data entry and by making it so intuitive that nothing will fall through the cracks, right? So essentially Spiro is a CRM that can capture all the data that is being exchanged in phone conversations that you have, in email interactions, inbound and outbound, and any meetings that you have via Zoom, face-to-face, whatever, and automatically harvest all that data and pull it straight into the CRM for you. So you don't even have to log in into the CRM because everything will be ready there for you. And they made it so intuitive that you can actually have a conversation with the CRM. And you can say, hey, Spiro, what did James Bowden do yesterday if I'm trying to manage you, right? And uh, it will tell me, hey, Robert, James did this yesterday and here's what we ha- what he has scheduled for next week. Awesome. Nice. All right. I didn't even have to log in and you as a sales rep didn't even have to waste half hour minimum of your day on data entry and your manager knows you, you know what's going on. Everyone's happy, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if this has, hap- this has happened to you, but in my previous jobs, I've had every Friday, my manager says, Hey, Hey Robert, you can't leave the office until you update the CRM or what happened with this account, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. And I'll be like, Oh wow. I guess I'm not going to the club tonight. Right. Yeah. Right. I'll be here. <laughs> yeah. I'll be here until 7 PM. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's that meme that, uh, I've seen floating around where it's a young salesperson on the left side. And then on the right side, it says like after CRM data entry and it's a skeleton, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that 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 was me, right? And <laughs> I hope that's not you. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, and on top of that, you know, CRM is also not only a tool that should be used to to um, gather all your prospects, but also to drive the conversation and have a linear workflow. Yeah. And and a lot of times, salespeople get driven by emotion and they forget to follow up. They they are super positive on, oh, this deal is going to close. I don't have to follow up, blah, 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 right? Yeah. So what Spiro also does is that it sort of works as your sales assistant. Mm. So say that you and I speak today and I forget to follow up with you in, say, three weeks, then, you know, Spiro will tell me, hey, Robert, you haven't talked with James in three weeks. Time to give him a call. And by the way, here's a report of what happened the last time you guys spoke. Mm. Here's a summary. And I'm like, wow, James, that's right. Oh my God. I'm going to give him a call right now. And I'm going to tell you, I've, I've been with Spiro for seven months and it has, this tool has saved me a lot of <laughs> angry talks with my manager by not following up. Right. And I'm sure you, I mean, all the listeners in this podcast have been there before. Yeah. You just forget to follow up and you're like, oh wow, well that boat has sailed. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's just, I can go on and on about these sort of, um, pains that this tool has been solving and i hope it can bring value to the listeners here about you know crm is not something that you should hate but yeah you should love if you utilize it correctly yeah it doesn't have to be your enemy exactly it's it's your it's there to help you yeah 
and 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 maybe artificial intelligence doesn't have to be our enemy either, right? There's with all of this talk about AI replacing salespeople, I think this is a perfect example of the true application of it. And right. the use cases that you just talked about are so transitional to every type of salesperson, whether you're an inside salesperson, outside salesperson, there's always that element of human error that comes in. And to have something like your CRM feel like your CRM has your back, essentially. Yeah. That's, that's a revolutionary thing for salespeople. So now that you've let everybody listening know about all of this awesome stuff that, that you're, you're working on over there, how can, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, well, I'm pretty easy to, to find on LinkedIn, Robert C. Vises, or my email is simple, robert at spiro.ai, so S-P-I-R-O dot A-I. Or you can also just give me a call. I'm always on the phone, right? Always on my, my phone as a normal sales, salesperson. Uh, mm-hmm. My number is uh, 617 eight seven zero zero seven one six i'll be happy to you know show you how we can help you out or you know just answer any questions that you might have because you know crm yes it should always be there for you but also there's also specific use cases and i consider myself someone that has tried so many crms for so many different industries right uh and i I will be happy to help you out and hopefully Spiro might be a good solution for you. But if not, I'll be happy to, to walk you through whatever, you know, you need. Right. So, because again, in the sales profession, we're just here to help. Yeah. Right? So, yep. well, and I think you are a shining example of the great, and I, I'm not going to say next generation because that a, that makes me feel old, but <laughs> uh, B I think, we're all, every salesperson is, can be a part of this next generation of sales as a profession, sales done the right way, where it is about that relationship and not in a surface level way. If I can help, let's collaborate. If I can't, I'll help point you in the right direction to where you might be able to get some help and, and we're all good. So Robert, I think you've brought some really amazing tactical tips to the table today for time management. You have checked a mark off the bucket list for me. I, I've finally met somebody who's majored in sales in the, in the <laughs> sales profession. And, and you, you've shared some really great insight on what it means to be a real true sales professional. So as we wrap things up here, Robert, the same question I ask every guest that comes on the lunch break podcast. What's your favorite place to eat lunch at Robert? <laughs> there you go. Um, so I think it's, it, it would be this place called dig in. Um, dig in, dig in is uh, a, it has pretty much the same business model as Chipotle. So you just walk in, all the food is right there, ready for you. You order and you take it and you go, right? It's quick and easy. But what I like about them is that, they have so many choices. They have salmon, steak, chicken, tofu, kale. It's just so awesome. It's pretty much priced at the same spot as Chipotle, you know, seven bucks for a bowl. So it's just awesome. Uh, so I was doing some research, James, and I know that you're in the North Carolina area. So yeah. uh, 
Unfortunately, Digan is only in New York and Boston, but they're expanding. They're expanding. I already sent them an, an email so they can expand to the North Carolina area so okay. you can find out. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, well, maybe you and I can uh, start an email campaign against them and try and get them to get those down here. Well, yeah. <laughs> Robert, that first of all, that sounds delicious, and, and, and thanks for that. But again, I just want to thank you for taking your time to come on the Lunch Break podcast. I truly appreciated it. And with that, I'm going to wrap up episode 11 of the Lunch Break podcast. Speak to you guys soon.